Hello and welcome to the Cargo Bay Star Wars podcast being broadcast to you live on YouTube and also from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C here with my co-host, as always, Adam B. BC, we got the comms tower up and running. It's up and running. Uh, I realize it's not live if you're listening to it as a podcast, but just know you could be watching this live on YouTube because we're blasting this out to the entire universe live. That's right. Uh, BC, today we are talking about Star Wars Rebels Episode 13 because that is what the Wheel of Content has decided for us. The, and we, uh, we spun the Wheel of Fate and it chose. And it, I think fittingly it chose an episode that revolves around uh, transmission. Yeah, not bad. Because normally we wouldn't be going live with the the old podcast episode. Right. Uh, but today we're going to be opening a little later. We're going to be opening some Star Wars Tops finest. Ooh. <laughs> the tiniest little box. Yeah, two little little baby boxes of cards. Um, so we'll be doing that stream later. Um, but just to catch everyone up on what the podcast is maybe becoming, Specie, we have a wheel, the Wheel of Names, that has over a thousand entries of every piece of Star Wars content. And BC, this doesn't even include the comic books, and we're still at over a thousand things on the wheel. So, I, I, it, it's kind of baffling that we got an episode of Rebels that I was familiar with, where I was like, oh, okay, we can start off nice and easy something that I'm familiar with. <laughs> Because the next time we spin it, we could be going deep into the EU. We don't know. We don't know. The well, Wheel of Fate will here, decide. Here's a little secret. Uh, last time when we spun the wheel, you asked, does this wheel have all the books on it? And I said, yes. And that was a lie. Oh. <laughs> that was a, a clever little lie. Oh. <laughs> so that's why we got an episode of television. We'll see how, how much of the how much of a chore the books become. But what yeah. I'm also proposing <laughs> is that um, every week, the first YouTube comment suggesting a piece of media that isn't, like, you know, X-rated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> be careful, y'all. Sure, yeah. But any any kind of fictional content, um, or even, hell, even a documentary, the first comment, we will add that to the wheel, and then that becomes a 1 in 1,000 chance that we hit something that isn't Star Wars, and that we also add something... Uh, you know, once a week. I love it. It could be some. It could be My Little Pony. It could it be. Could. Uh, it could be He Man. It could be the Transformers movie starring Shia LaBeouf. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, you know, leave a comment if you got something you want us to have a small chance of watching. How gratifying <laughs> we'll add it to the wheel. for you, the comment. Oh, we may thin out some of the Star Wars stuff um, when we see how many books we hit in the first few weeks. Uh, yeah. But also, big news, BC. The Wheel of Names.com. I joined the Discord server for the Wheel of Names. What? Yeah. An exciting server over there. They're still putting updates into that. One of the best free products on the internet. So shout out to Wheel of Names. Shout out to Wheel of Names. Shout out to the writer of Crazy Clown. The best song on the Wheel of Names to spin your wheel to. Yeah. Yeah. So check check that out. Uh, but but yeah, BC, how have you been in general? How's How's your life going? Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I'm uh, upskilling currently in my corporate nonsense job, which you can see over, awesome. over here, which is uh, wonderful. Makes me feel very good knowing that I can help people find packages and cool. 
track things and tell them why they can't have stuff, uh, and then battle with them verbally. That over usually the phone. makes people yeah, that makes people happy. Yeah, I'm a creator of dreams, so it's been uh, very fulfilling personally. Uh, but taking it out of the work world, uh, things are good. Uh, I've I've received uh, another couple cards from my my personal. PSA sports card collection here recently. That's, that's a little hobby talkish, but uh, yeah, I've had some cards come in. I'm still actually waiting for the last. I haven't got any notifications on those last two episodes of Kenobi yet from Papa Top, so still waiting on those. Um, but yeah, been good. We we've we've taken a little bit of a hiatus uh, just for scheduling purposes, but um, I'm I'm quite elated to be opening some cards. A little later today. Yeah, me too. I was so elated. I even had the tops and hobby talk floating above us, which I have now. I have now taken off. So now we're just on Star Wars. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I like that you got those those PSA slabs coming in, uh, BC. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, we we. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I, for my sports stuff. For some reason, I just I've only done PSA. It's not like I'm like. Uh, Screw SGC, but for some reason there's a consistency with yeah. the sports PC that I have going. I'm like, I'm down this track now, so I'm gonna keep going. Probably, probably easier to find the sports cards than a PSA. For grade. sure. Yeah. Anyway, right? Yeah. I uh, I was gonna mention we both watched some of uh, the Star Wars ILM documentary, and before we talk about Rebels, I just wanna I can't not talk to you a little bit about that VC because I'm all over it. I love it. It is a uh, it is a fascinating piece of work um like i love i love exactly what it is it's what i've always wanted but there there's some weird things about it like i don't know if you could tell but the the audio interviews are really chopped up you know it's like someone edited them like i used to edit the podcast but even did a worse job where you can hear where words have been cut out you know um so that's interesting and then also the most fascinating things about that that documentary to me so far are the the matte painter who was like when i went to school i i got like a c in drawing and he <laughs> makes like a really sad face and i'm like oh well he must be like a model maker yeah. and then, and then it's, it's just like nope i'm the matte painting guy <laughs> and my dad was the matte painter for disney so i got a job in matte painting for disney even though i got a c in my illustration class you're like cool. that it is like uh, it's cool. All, all the people in it are cool, but it is also yeah. an example of like of what exactly like social and or white privilege is. Where it's just yeah. like it is strictly a group of white dudes that were brought together by being like, "Hey, my friend can do that." Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, my friend can't do that at all, but we'll give him a try anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of it does have the feeling of uh, right place, white place, right time. Uh, um, yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, you know, we liked monster movies and we're making our own stuff, and then we decided that we were all gonna just work together and we had charm childhoods. Most of us, we have all these great home videos, even though that would have been a very cost prohibitive, <laughs> prohibitive yeah. thing at the time, you know. Um, not to begrudge any of those people anything. It's, it's just it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm, I'm not <laughs> like you can't blame them for those circumstances. Um, and, yeah, and I wouldn't, but it is. It is a, an interesting slice of history. Like, oh, I guess if I was in the right place in 1975, like I could have been, 
because they were just like, we'll take anybody who wants to work and do this wild stuff at this point. Uh, and you could have done that because it seems like a lot of people are just like, I just walked in the door and was like, hey, this is cool. I like your stuff. And they're like, <laughs> you want to work for us? And they're like, yeah. And then they created an X-Wing or whatever, you know? And so that was pretty cool. <laughs> It feels a lot like a uh, like a theater company. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a group of, of, of pals stuck together. There are a lot of women in the in the B roll or in the footage, um, but the only per- the only woman interviewed, at least in the first episode, is George Lucas's personal uh, assistant on scene, which is very funny because there are like two stories where a pretty woman walked in and George Lucas was like, "You're hired." Yeah, um, you're gonna work for me directly, and it's uh, she's in the documentary a lot. Um, it takes a couple episodes for it to not be a total boys club, but throughout the <laughs> the because I, I finished it last night. Throughout the entire thing, you're like, well, <laughs> most, yeah. mostly a bunch of white dudes, which is yeah. know, whatever. But it's like, yeah, not not the most diverse. And I'm sure they've. Uh, certainly and recently uh, would have have started, you know, making changes to that. But uh, it is striking that at least for the first several, several years, you're just like, oh, it's the same guys who know each other. Except for the ones that George got mad at. <laughs> we, we didn't. You're we not didn't invited. Keep away. Yeah. Go home. It was like, we're, we're going to San Francisco. You stay here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, they, it is It is a big... I mean, it's it's an insider doc, right? Like, so it's produced by Disney about what is now like Disney history, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's like Disney trying to take ownership of yeah. like all this magic that happened, and, right? Like, somehow claim it as theirs. They're it's like, like, we what? bought George Lucas, so we <laughs> own his history, and it it's. I mean, I really like it as a like a, as a historical piece because it does give you the sense of like George Lucas is not the greatest writer or director but he does have that thing of like and not to be like he's a visionary like he sees things he can't do them but he knows like he can see like he's got that like steve jobs kind of thing where it's like i don't know how to actually do this but i've got a vision for what we what should be happening and i know how to put the right people in place to to make those things happen now, I'm not going to be able to do any of it, but I will be able to reap a lot of the financial benefits because I own these people um, right, right. And, and all of this technology, which, you know, must be you nice You do get the him. idea, at least by the end of it, that the people who are still working as part of the team were loaded. Uh, because yeah, the, the, the were... one guy is like, yeah, I decided it's time for me to quit and travel around the world. It's like, oh, okay, so you were at least, you were making a good chunk of, yeah, of that no. Star Wars money. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't imagine that any of them are hurting for finances, but I also don't think that they had the same uh, stake that George would have got whenever he sold all of Star Wars to Disney for all yeah. those billions of dollars. So yeah. um, they probably didn't make out like bandits, but, you know, that's the power of ownership in uh, America, I guess. <laughs> that's And that's mostly what we talk about on the podcast. Yeah, and this has been a really <laughs> good intro to an episode of Rebels. Hey, well, here's what I'm thinking, BC. Are, are we really going to spin the wheel and we're going to only talk about what pops up on the wheel? No, I don't think so. I just think that's, like, it's at least a segment, a dedicated portion. We can still have our intro banter. Obviously, yeah, yeah. we've got Andor coming up, which I'm sure people are going to be clamoring 
for our hot takes on. That's uh, right. As they yeah, usually do. As they are always clamoring. Uh, I mean, comments, emails, flooded. We're just flooded with uh, with all of your feedback, so we appreciate that. Uh, but no, I, I feel like this, it's definitely like, you know, we spin it so we have something that we're going to talk about. Anything else that we want to chat about? F it. Let's do it, you know? we got to censor ourselves because we're live on YouTube. Yeah, strict, uh, strict censorship laws for our, I think I'm the only viewer. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we've got a, a viewer in my living room right now. Uh, maybe even two of them. One with a uh, wet nose and a furry <laughs> Fig- coat. Figaro got the sniffles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. To summarize my my thoughts on that, uh, BC is just like that's the way I want to see Disney spend their money. Dig up that footage, uh, restore it. Show me, show me those behind the scenes things. It's. Uh, I mean, the super cool. The best part about it is seeing how some of those things were achieved, and just being like, "Oh, didn't realize that." Because like it, it walks you. I mean, by the end of it, you're into computer technology, right? So like, it's ILM from the inception to to today, and how they bridge those gaps from one thing to the other, and how each of those like little bits of leaps in stop motion and camera movement, you see that in like embedded into like. The, the CGI and the technology is like, yeah, we have these ideas for how shots work and how model making works because it was a physical thing that happened. And now we can digitize that entire process and make whatever we want, essentially. The only thing better than digitizing something, crunchitizing it. Crunchitize me, Captain. <laughs> Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, yeah, so I guess we can talk about Rebels now, episode 13 of the first season of Rebels, BC. Indeed, yeah, so we're we're not starting at the beginning. The Wheel of Fate decided that we would speak about episode 13, uh, and when it landed on that, I was like, I know I've seen it, but I don't know what it is off yep. the top of my dome, because uh, I've, I've watched season one a couple times. Uh, I think we landed on a solid first episode. Uh, season one not always the highest quality rebels a lot of them sort of finding their footing but i think this episode is like a good like this is what a good rebels episode is it's got a lot of those elements that i really like in it Uh, i'm not sure how much we want to just go into like here's the plot of it but i guess yeah i mean i think it's it's pretty easy to summarize yeah the there we're we're gonna go storm an imperial base to hijack their comms tower to send out a message of hope. Of hope. Yes, of hope. Uh, rebellions are built on hope. I don't know if you. And that also, or not. and also a message of guess what? Some people are gonna have to die. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of like that about this episode, where it's like, guess what? When stuff's really bad, sometimes you gotta uh, you gotta mm. make sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that's that's. I mean, it's it's one of the things I love about Rebels is that it's. It is aimed at children, but it has adult themes in it and adult messages that if you're a kid, I mean, if you're, you know, eight or nine, a lot of that's probably going over your head. But if you're older and you can recognize some of this stuff, it really resonates in terms of like, oh, that this this is an undertaking that requires sacrifice. It's one of my favorite things about like when Star Wars gets into the cost of what it takes to defeat, you know an evil empire and then it's not just like we've got laser swords and pew pews and we're gonna take everything down it's like 
there's work that has to be done here. Um, I think this episode just does a really good job of, of like, kind of like encompassing the world building of what that is in one episode. Like, you know, you've got the Empire and what they represent. You've got the small rebel cell that has individuals with different viewpoints and in different, like, phases of their life and how they're coping with, with their mission in the face of, you know, enormous odds. So, and, job and well Tarkin. done. In the oh. face of Tarkin, in the face of uh, the Grand Inquisitor, we have I mean, two big bads. Yeah, episode uh, starts with the Imperial March coming in, Tarkin landing in an Imperial shuttle to be like, hey, you need to get your stuff together, Lothal, because these rebels are, are causing a ruckus. He, he executes uh, the two lovable Imperials, like just two bumbling... Uh, little guys <laughs> like they're kind of cute almost and they're yeah they're very cartoonish they're and they're like build yeah. and like their facial sculpts that they've got and yeah they i it seems to me like they're beheaded that's the way i took it is yeah. that <laughs> grand inquisitor lights his saber and just pushes it through both of their necks <laughs> yeah which is pretty hard like yeah. that's a hardcore move for a especially kid because they are like cute bumbling enemies. They're yeah, like yeah. It's it's not like they and we haven't like seen them do anything like evil or anything where it's like let's we can justify the yeah. They seem to be beheading. trying to do their jobs. Yeah, and they're doing just, it badly. They're just bad they're like, at their jobs. We're gonna jobs. get them. <laughs> Which I guess is the is is Tarkin's point. You're doing your job badly, and uh, here's what happens: the Empire will behead you for that. So yeah. Uh, and you yeah. know, no sympathy for fascists, even if you're cute. No, <laughs> even if you're cute and stupid. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, I don't know why, because I, I I popped this on right before we hopped on just to like refresh my memory because I watched it a little while ago and I yeah, I watched minutes. it this morning. But then I, I was, I was, uh, I was thinking I was like, it's hard to do because we've never really had a lot of stuff that's like from the Empire's perspective, you know, of like a. Uh, that that a, f- a story focuses on what it's like to be in there, but it is hard Might. to be like, yeah, you're. This is the fascist that we're following and is the hero of our story. It's like they're the good Nazi. It's like, ah, can we do that? There's, I feel like it, that's it hard. It has been done specifically the game Tie Fighter, uh, which came out in like '95 or something, is heralded as like really. Th- one of the best experience, like role playing experiences. It's not a role playing game; it's a flight sim. Right. But you are playing, you know, someone working their way up through the empire, and they, you know, they do a good job of characterizing it as. I'm sure you come from a, a planet that's been, you know, destroyed by some sort of rebel action, you know, and you you get into the empire for the right reasons, but you're still working under the emperor and, uh, you know, right. Vader, and you are you are part of a fascist empire. So I. I haven't finished that game. I know a lot of people love it. Um, I'm a, I'm sure I will play it and enjoy it. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit averse to role playing that. Um, you know, especially in in current times. Like in '95, I think I I would have enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to wanna you know like cosplay as uh, an imperial right now. Uh, nothing on the 501st. Obviously, the 501st is a great charitable organization. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's different. and. and that's something yeah. else. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, uh, BC. It, it is hard, I guess is what I mean. It it's seems hard like... to separate space fa- fake 
comedy, comedic almost space fascism yeah. with like, oh yeah, we're in hot water right now. And I'm, I mean, not being familiar with the thousands of pieces of content, I'm, I mean, there's probably, so, I mean, several things that have that kind of bent. I mean, you know, you look, I mean, Thrawn probably most famously is being, you know, the the lead of something that is, you know, he's very clearly aligned with, with the Empire and working his way through through but he the almost seems thing. like he's just using it as a yeah. vehicle for even worse destruction. Right, which... which like it's, the Sith stuff with Darth Bane is more fun to follow because it's just pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... And I think that's that's sort of the way you have to approach it is, like, you, you can't... You, you would never be able to have a character who embraces like embraces the fascism like there has to be a, even an, an outsider within that faction to make it work i feel like yeah yeah like, that's what's cool about thrawn is like you you're still not or at least i'm still not sure where he's coming from and who he's actually serving um yeah and it i mean it because it, it it seems like he's got that kind of like I'm playing chess and and everyone else is playing checkers. So like, what is his end game? It doesn't seem like it's uh, to serve, you know, the emperor and and yeah. make sure that his go- all of his goals are met. It seems like how can I use him to for my own gain? Uh, is is always sort of how I kind of see him. It'll be interesting because it he's gonna be a part of Star Wars going forward for sure. Because. Um, at least in live action, um, we know that's going to be coming. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Being not... played by Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, <laughs> but doing his Mario voice. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt doing his Mario voice in a Thrawn <laughs> sculpt body. What was the rumor? James, James Corden was the rumor for a what second. Was, what was that? <laughs> that was a that was clearly a troll, right? Yeah, that had to. Like, there's no way James Corden is doing that. I think the uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 there's a rumor that Jude Law, who got cast in that the Stranger Things version of Star Wars, the yeah, kid yeah. Star Wars, that he that he's gonna be thrown. I'm like, I don't know if that's uh, happening. I, nothing's been confirmed. It's all speculation on who who will be yeah. playing Thrawn. I mean, oh, I've I've literally never seen this man in a movie. I don't believe, but uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has the the build and and voice for it, right? Yeah, he's. I don't know if he's good or not. I, I haven't seen him. But. Yeah, he's 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 quite talented, but it seems like he's stretched himself pretty thin in IP land. It feels like so. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like how much more does he want to take on? You know, working on a green screen. Yeah, maybe more. I don't know. He he seems like he's getting paid a lot of money to to act, which would be nice if you're an actor. Uh, so yeah, Speaking he would be good. Of, of of casting BC, I was really torn up that Tarkin didn't look exactly like like he does in the the live action movies. No, this is a great Tarkin. I don't know who's doing the voice, but obviously obviously it's fine. It's good. It's passable. Always good to see Tarkin. Is he the same guy who did it in Clone Wars? Did young Tarkin? Uh, Stephen Stanton, I think, is who did oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it's him. Well, um, it's good. Yeah, he's he's got it on lockdown. Uh, it, it just goes to show you, you know, you you don't have to reanimate a corpse and have <laughs> the computer spit out piece together words from someone's mouth so it sounds exactly the same. 
I just, I, this is a thing that will always bother me. It's like, just put someone who looks kind of like them and get good hair and makeup and good costume, and I'll buy it. I'll buy yeah. it. I'll buy it. Can, they, can they do the voice pretty well? Good. Great. <laughs> that works. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to take the leap of faith and say, that's just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is this the first time we see Tarkin in Rebels? Uh, I feel I'm, like he's probably... I, th- I think this is the first time we see him in Rebels. Because everything's on Lothal up to this point. Like, for the most part, right? Like, maybe they go off-world a little bit. Yeah. I can't remember, but I like these small-scale episode or season one episodes. I do, too. Something charming about, like, kind of the sparseness of the animation, because they're still building assets, you know, to populate. So it really does feel like they're on a small little podunk planet. I really, yeah, I, I really like the the look of Lothal it's it's not uh, over rendered it's simple it it has sort of almost like kind of like a midwestern kind of feel to it yeah it it looks like Oklahoma (laughs) yeah it's it's like it's like Kansas or Oklahoma or something like that um with obviously a big city popping out in the middle somewhere but yeah I, I like kind of the quaint setting of it and the fact that it's you know when we Generally, when we approach Star Wars stories, the scale of everything is so big. I like that this that the scale of this is one planet. Um, I mean, obviously, throughout Rebels, they're going to go lots of places as the Rebel, you know, the Rebel movement grows and expands. But here, I mean, we we start. They start. I mean, it's a, it comes as a surprise to our two lovable loaves who get beheaded that there are other Rebel cells. That this isn't the only one. Uh, but the fact that it is this like small unit that's that's operating on a on a planet and it's not interconnected and we're not hyper jumping everywhere to be a part of this story in this story it's uh, yeah like, there's a dedicated mission here and what we're trying to do is like save this world that we're on that is currently being infested by the empire and what on this episode i mean directly speaks to what it's going to take to to eradicate you know this or, or maybe even just stand up to and yeah. fail potentially yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to to stand up get crushed and then uh you know move on but yeah, i mean the the sort of the driving the driving thing of this is a very star wars uh message is that it's it's about hope right like episode four a new hope you know it's that that in the face of these insurmountable odds that the thing that can lead people to act or, you know, the, the call to action is essentially that message of hope that things can change. Um, and that our, our lovable band of rebels, the Phoenix squad is going to infiltrate, you know, the biggest Imperial communications tower and, and send this message out as I just think is a really solid piece of star Wars content. Yeah, yeah. They just the episode opens with them basically having been betrayed uh, by. I, I forget exactly the context around this character, but he's like a political leader who was yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. on their side, right who's there. like yeah. fallen. So they have to go do this. Uh, I will say the action sequences not as good as they are in later seasons. No. There's a lot of like pausing to wink at the camera kind of stuff, you know, like the. It's just a little less believable than it gets later, especially when those those lightsaber fights kick up. Um, I mean, tonally, the show gets gets. I don't want to say darker, but heavier. Certainly, as the seasons go on, and here, like season one, definitely has more of that like kid show vibe. It, it doesn't bring in 
as much of the darkness that's that's gonna come and like just general like weight of decisions that that you know you have to to make as you're going through this but this feels like the introduction of some of those themes that are gonna pop up later in the show like yeah there's a cost to winning this and it's uh, just get used to that idea kids hint hint wink wink <laughs> like <laughs> some some people might not make it out um but yeah the just going back a little bit to like the the scale of it i i i would love to see star wars be be more okay with it just like we're gonna tell a story that takes place in one spot we don't have to plan yeah. a jump every week we don't have to go to a new location like we're gonna tell an in-depth story about one place and really explore that i mean i guess they kind of did that with book of boba fett but it I don't. I don't think it was successful in how they explored yeah. the world. Oh, there wasn't a story they were telling. There was just <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah. place. A place they were at. Yeah. Um. At least in in several parts. Um, yeah. And you don't even look. It goes to show you don't even have to change the environment that much. Uh, yeah. From Tatooine, just put some grass on there, make it a different place. Yeah. I. Uh, I, I want to mention before I forget, uh, BC, uh, my friend Mike from Normies Like Us, the podcast Normies Like Us, uh, came over last weekend and we watched each other's Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts, nice. our fan edits, our first pass, which will then like kind of sandwich together. Um, and that was a fascinating process um, and experience. And let me tell you, Mike, save save the thing. Uh, we're both cl- coming in under two hours. Mine was, in fact, only 55 minutes. was so my, my cut, which out. was mostly episode one. Um, and, but, but anyway, um, you'll have to watch our final version of that, that Obi-Wan show. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it was the, the best part of that show is just sitting around on Tatooine, taking it easy. I think that's so it really survived in my cut a lot. So yeah, I agree. I would love to see Mando. I wish Mando would have been stranded with the Jawas for four episodes. You know, yeah. uh, I guess it was really doing the the monster of the week type uh, deal. So I don't begrudge it that. But man, yeah, I, I'd love a nice let's sit on this planet for a while and let's figure out what's going on here. Uh, what's what's happening? What are the monsters in the woods on that that Luke planet? Um, what's the weird Sith energy coming out of a hole and some other planet infecting? You know, like who knows? Yeah, it's it just it. I don't know. I think I'm just a. I enjoy like patience in storytelling, as opposed to like we've got to we've got to keep your attention every second. So we're constantly jumping and moving um so it's i don't know it's it's nice when we get stories that allow us to like breathe and get familiar with a place and be a part of it and yeah as opposed to hey we got a hyper jump here and then we got a hyper jump back and then here's a new planet um it's 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 the, there's patience in the storytelling and a trust in the audience to go along and say, hey, invest in the story that we're going to tell because it's it's allowing it to be complicated and not in a bad way, That not even complex. I shouldn't say complicated. That there's complexity to life that can still be in these epic space operas and we can still explore those complexities through, through I mean, a very 
and we're dealing with alien races and stuff, but through a very human lens of how these individuals are dealing with, with these problems that are in front of them and not having to always make it, you know, action-packed sequence. I mean, there's a lot of good action, uh, certainly in Rebels, but there's also a lot of good, like, um, I don't know, I would say human connection between the characters and those relationships. It's kind of a, it's kind of the opposite of, not the opposite, but unlike OG Star Wars, uh, it takes time to build the the relationships and uh, you know the personalization between the characters. Uh, but whereas OG Star Wars, it also it takes you know fifty minutes of the movie just to sit on Tatooine, and that's I think why we keep returning to Tatooine. Is it's like yeah, you spend some time there, you start to flesh out the world, it becomes appealing. <laughs> Look at all this weird stuff that happening. Was, in, that was one of the big <laughs> on things. this planet. When we when we rewatched A New Hope, for whatever we did, I mean, months ago at this point, is how much time you spend on Tatooine, and not just on Tatooine, but just with the droid's perspective and, like, no dialogue. You know what I mean? Like, before we even have to jump into the Star War, like, there's so much of that story that's just, like, here's the world, here's some of the sights and the sounds and what it's like. And before we throw you into the blender, like you're gonna get used to what this is, and that is something that I think we don't. I think we maybe have have been missing in some of the newer stuff. But Rebels sure does it with Lothal. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Gives you a lot of time to cook on Lothal, and then it's exciting when you leave. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to to a new subscriber. I think on our channel, I just got a little a little pling on a, an alert <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure if that person is watching or not, but welcome, uh, welcome out there. Um, but yeah, I, what, what would you rate this this year episode BC? And also, would you recommend watching it out of context? <laughs> I actually, th- I actually think this episode kind of works out of context because, yeah. it, like, it's it's a pretty, I mean, it's sandwiched. It's sandwiched in between, like it's an arc, right? This feels like yeah, we live on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, it's a middle, it's it's a middle piece because you're coming off of that previously on where they were betrayed by the politician. We're left at the end with Kanan sort of being, you know, taken by the Empire. Um, But as like a, because it was a weird to jump into and be like, what happened? But the action, like the thrust of the story itself is is good there's a clear mission you know in the episode the themes i think really work in the episode there's a lot of good you know uh sort of master and apprentice stuff kind of going on with kanan and ezra in here uh so i mean i i would i'd recommend it just as as like a hey if you want to go pick this up watch it but i'd probably say start with the episode before and watch the like the arc of these episodes to get the full sense of it but taken as a weird just like we spun a wheel and watched one thing i thought it worked actually pretty yeah, well yeah. i i want to say the last thing i want to say is the the ezra kanan relationship i really like because uh in, in the past the glimpses we've seen of like master padawan relationships is always like man that's cool like that's awesome and if you weren't anakin you would totally just have respect for your, you know, your mm-hmm. your Jedi master because they're cool as heck. The the awkwardness in their relationship is uh, palpable. It's a very like parent child going through puberty like mm-hmm. arc through the show. Um, I I don't know, and I really like that and buy that. 
of like, oh yeah, no, it, it would be awkward and uncomfortable to have a paddle on. Yeah, and it, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Filoni has talked about how, and other people have talked about before too, how the Clone Wars TV show really activates Anakin because of his having a Padawan. So the Anakin and Ahsoka relationship right. really changes a lot of how we see Anakin in that in that era because it's you see some of his doubt as being, you know, a mentor and how that affects how he sees Obi-Wan too. So I think porting that kind of uh, really good foundational story piece into Rebels was really smart because you see... You know, Kanan's backstory is that he he never really finished his Jedi training, and you know now that he's out there, he's essentially feels I would imagine alone. Has to hide the fact that he's got the Force sensitivities. He's kind of given up on hiding that at this point. But um, you know, they find Ezra, and he sees the potential in him, and and how how that relationship moves throughout the entire series is an interesting dynamic too, because it's it's their journey together as well as their individual journeys and that there's growth for all of those and it shows their their shortcomings too and it addresses those in a very real way um i think is is really interesting i I forgot that ezra can just control animals i I I forgot about that i was gonna yeah i was gonna say i love that we get that like that force connection with the loath cat to take out that that probe droid um and it's 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 a, a recurring thing that happens throughout Rebels is like that connection, but there does feel like even through him and and Ezra and Kanan as well that there is kind of a almost a more interesting exploration of a connection to the Force than we see in some other things other than just like jumping and blocking and dodging and stuff. It's like oh, there's like a it, I think it explores there's a the, bigger the, gray area. There. Yeah, the, yeah, the spiritual and kind of the mysticism of some of that stuff that, to me, is is why I love Rebels is that it explores some of those, like, deeper themes about what that is and what the Force can do and how it moves through different people and how they interpret those things. I think Rebels does a really good job of exploring some of those those other areas that that aren't aren't always addressed in some things. I think the animated shows in general have done a better job of that. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit easier to animate stuff like that than do it in live action, too. I think that's always a, I mean, it, a barrier. You, I mean, you can't do the Mortis arc in live action. That would freak people out. You can't have Bindu be in anything oh, live action. but it would be so cool. It would be amazing if they had the guts to do they it. They had Jabba. Yeah, they did have Jabba. But like, Bindu's one of my... I love that character, and I love the voice. Like it's yeah. Tom, Tom Baker. He's like one of the old Doctor Who's. He's just got that deep, resonant, huge voice. As like, yes, I'm a living embodiment of the balance of the Force. And you're like, cool. You're a giant, <laughs> weird creature thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's those sorts of explorations that they do in this that I think have have, have is what brings me back to this sort of stuff is because it asks. It asks more questions that I'm interested in exploring sometimes and just, like, good versus evil. It's like, yeah, I get that. But, like, what is that gray area, that that moral ambiguity, the, the self-doubt that exists um, in very deep and meaningful ways as opposed to, you know, I mean, I'm all for escapism. But sometimes it's nice to have those introspective moments in a Star War 
Yeah, there's enough room for it in a TV show with many episodes. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. And and I mean, I think that's why I'll, another reason I'm drawn to to the format of the anime shows is they just have space to tell stories. And if some of them weren't great, and if some of them just like, hey, we're doing a Jar Jar episode, I'm like, do what you got to do. You know, like there's <laughs> yeah. there's space to explore all sorts of parts of the galaxy, as it were. But there are some that just like hit the sweet spot for me where it's like oh this is a this is almost like an abstract absurdist look at what what these things are in the world man well bc speaking of exploring unless you have any final thoughts i was thinking we we figure out where star wars is gonna take us next oh and spin uh, this wheel over here i realize i never answered your question uh i'd rated a uh four and a half out of five oh, nice. <laughs> nice. what about you do you have a rating on it um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it a a uh, 3.5 out of five just to keep the bar high. Maybe. I love I it. Wanna, I dig I want, it. Um, but yeah, so so let's let's spin this wheel, right? Uh, we've got thousands or or eight thousand five hundred or something <laughs> pieces of content on this on that we have one thousand three hundred and sixty four things that could be chosen by the wheel. We'll spin the wheel, and then after that. You and I should pick something to add to the wheel. And again, our first, the first YouTube comment on this video that um, gives us a piece of content, we'll also add that to the wheel, so it could be picked next time. <laughs> the odds are low. I love it. Uh, well, are you ready, BC? Spin that wheel. I'm on wheelofnames.com. I'm clicking to spin the wheel. Yeah, we got maybe. crazy clown playing, <laughs> which I wasn't anticipating. Yeah, baby. Wow. Getting hyped for Episode 1 Adventures Game Book 10 Festival of Warriors, <laughs> June need, 1st, 2000. I'm going to need you to copy and paste that uh, <laughs> into the, good the news, Discord. I know what Episode 1 Adventures is. It's a it's like a role-playing game, kind of like a light role-playing game, okay. which came with these little storybooks. The Episode 1 Adventures uh, notebook is what I wrote my fan fiction on in 2000. <laughs> um, so, Book 10 Festival of Warriors. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop that into the chat so that I remember... Here we go. Oh, I can't. I have to sign into chat. So I'm going to drop that in our Discord chat, BC. Um, great. So that's what we'll be talking about next time. I love it. Uh, we'll see what that's like. Um, and then we're going to take a little break here on the live stream. And then we'll be back to open some cards. Uh, but yeah, BC, anything else? Uh, is there some other ritual we have before we end the podcast? I'm all frazzled being live. I'm trying to think of what our ritual that we used to do. Well, we would we would cover ourselves with baby uh, oil and chant. Oh yeah, for thirty consecutive uh, minutes. But I don't think we have time for that today. Yeah, I guess we'll figure out where we have room for that in this new format. Uh, yeah. But for now, uh, let me just cue up the music here. <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, and what I'll do, BC, is I will take our video off after we say goodbye, but the mics will still be live, so we'll just keep our mouths closed until the music starts stops playing, and I love I'll, it. I'll end the stream. So it. we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, the interesting thing about this this music is that usually we talk over the top of it a little bit. Um, I didn't really consider that. 
Uh, well, I, I can. You want me to do an extended outro, and then you can give me a point whenever you want me to sort of wrap it up. I, I think that's that's brilliant. Um, so I've got. I finally have the thing okay. pulled up. All right. Uh huh. And ahead. and we want to thank you all so much for tuning into the Cargo Bay this week. If you were out there watching us on YouTube Live, we certainly appreciate it. We will be back with more great Star Wars content. Where you find the Cargo Bay Pod.